you like stories about haunted locations, or maybe tales of cryptids and spooky folklore from around the world. If so, why not tune in to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane, where all this and more will be discussed. New episodes drop every Sunday, the visual versions the following Friday on YouTube. So why not come join us on our Haunted Escapes? Hi, this is Diane. And this is Kelly of the History Goes Bump podcast. We are in our 10th year of production for the podcast. And we can say without reservation that no other podcast has covered as many haunted locations as we have. We prove that history isn't boring. It's terrifying. Find History Goes Bump wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it spooky. This is a general content warning. Many of the episodes of the TV show talk about murders and even some involving children. So that may come up in our conversation as well. So please proceed with that in mind. But if you already watch The Dead Files, you'll be prepared. We try to announce sensitive subjects ahead of time so you can fast forward if you need to. Also, while Amy and Steve's swears may get bleeped out on TV, ours will not. So grab your drink of choice and join us when the activity continues. Welcome to The Activity Continues. I'm Amy. And I'm Megan. Hello. (laughs) And um, we just wanted to kind of start out this first episode by talking about a little about who we are. I know you don't know and love us yet, so. um, You should. You will eventually. Yeah. But Megan and I met when we were both working at a recruiting company together. Megan was a recruiter and I was the um, office manager. And we had a lot of fun. It was love at first sight, (laughs) but we didn't, I mean, we were, you know, we got along, but I don't know how we got on the topic, but somehow we both found out that we love murder podcasts. And so Uh that's where it really blossomed. She actually, I think you were the one that clued me into my favorite murder. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And then from there it just spiraled. And now I play murder shows when my husband's around. So he knows. What I'm capable of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows I can make him disappear. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. That's premeditation. No, that's awful. So yeah, Megan and I are always watching something on like ID or Discovery Plus or whatever. And like, hey, did you know about this show? Did you know about that? We're texting each other constantly um, about the I'm show. I'm always worried she's going to get so annoyed at me. Like, <laughs> fucking stop. Never. Texting me this bullshit. Never, never. You know, and that's kind of how this whole thing started is I found um, the dead files. I think it was last summer. Mm -hmm. 
I started watching it and I started from the beginning and I know that Megan likes all this stuff that's like paranormal and stuff. And so um, I was messaging her right away going, you have to watch this show. It's amazing. And she started watching it because she's a working woman and I am not, I have all day to watch TV. (laughs) And so um, I, I, I watched a lot more than she did because it's of time constraints for the most part. But so I will be like, Megan, you've got to go to season six, episode, whatever. And she's like, I'm going in order and I'm in season one. And I'm like, no, they don't, you can go in any order, but you have to watch this one because I have to talk about it with somebody. So I will say that is a a stupid quirk that I have. So when I, so we started talking about this and I jumped to season 10 because that was the cult episode that you wanted me to watch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to be a maverick and I'm going to watch out of order. No. Because that's what Mavericks do in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's and, and it's really fun because I made it through, to season three in order before you had told me to do that. And so um, it's really interesting to see the evolution of Steve and Amy yeah. um, as people and as individuals in the show and how they kind of change. And you and I have talked about it. And so we'll yeah. probably talk about it here. But yeah, it's and I literally as I have a thought when I'm watching the show, I'm texting Amy. So <laughs> There's no filter in when I text her. That's the best. Yeah. And it's good because I have lots of thoughts and I need someone to share them with. Right. Right. Yeah. So one day I was, if, if any of you listeners are um, following us on Instagram, you already saw this, but one day I texted Megan and I'm like, I just had an idea, a podcast where we talk about episodes of the dead files. And she writes back, I am in. (laughs) I was in. We were. So, and that was the start. That was the start. That was about a month ago. Yeah. Oh, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the middle of December. And then we decided we wanted to wait until after the holidays to, yeah. um, to really get going on it. So here we are. Yes. Here we are. January 15th. Yes. It is the 15th. I'm hoping to get this episode out Friday. Today's Saturday. So next Friday, I'm hoping to get the episode. I'm thinking Fridays will be a good release day. That is so crazy that you said that because I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, Monday, I don't think I have any podcasts that release on Monday, but I usually listen to, um, and that's why we drink, which releases Sundays on Mondays. And then Tuesdays is true crime obsessed. Wednesdays is obsessed with disappeared and supernatural. Uh Thursdays is true crime obsessed bonus. And also Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan. Are you sensing a theme with my podcast? <laughs> and then I'm like, Friday, I don't have anything. That would be the perfect oh, thing to release. Perfect. Well, hopefully other people are on the same schedule as you. They should be. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So we hit 50 subscribers on Did Instagram, we? which seems like nothing, but it's Did we? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We hit 50 <gasps> just before I released the episode. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. And we have, I'm just going to refresh my page, 56 now. So that's six in one day. That's not bad at all. This is how fame starts, people. You know what? It's got to start small, right? It's got baby steps. Oh, and somebody just posted, somebody commented on my post from yesterday. And they said, a podcast? Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Is it someone you know? No. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. And then as far as downloads, we have 35 downloads. That's amazing. And then um, we probably want to talk about content warnings for the things that we're going to be discussing, because I know you mentioned that yours had to do with child Child death. death. Yes. 
And then I went back and looked at mine and mine does too. Although it wasn't okay. actually death. It was somebody tried to kill their children, but <sighs> did not. Yeah. So mine is, mine is natural cause child death. Okay. So nobody tries to kill them. They oh, okay. from, it's from natural causes, but it's okay. still child death. So, okay. Yeah. So that's something that we're going to, we'll, we'll try and be sensitive to before we start talking about anything like that, let people know. And it'll be in the show notes too, but I know people don't always read the show notes before they watch right. or listen to something. I don't, I don't. I don't. So, so that's why I do like when, yeah. when the podcast I listen to, if there's any disclaimer about, you know, yeah. child harm, I don't listen. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, we actually, your idea was a month ago today. Was it really? December 15th. Oh, that's what I thought. I thought it was yep. in the middle of December. Yep. December oh, cool. 15th. Look at that. Hashtag one month anniversary. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> okay. So should I go first? Yeah. Why don't you go first? Cause you're season one. And yeah, since I'm doing the early one and then next time you'll go first, even if I'm doing one that's mm-hmm. later than yours. Do you know Thank what you're going to do next time? Nope. Okay. All right. So, and I am drinking um, whiskey. What kind with of a giant ice cube in it, but it's not, it's all melted. What's the now. brand? Is that the right word for whiskey? It, yeah, brand? that's right. Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, I drink is, a lot, you guys. You <laughs> it is. Uh, I went the cheap route this time. It's Evan Phillip. Evan. Evan. We're going to go with Evan because Evan. I keep saying, I keep wanting to say Evan Peters, but that's the actor from the American Horror Story franchise. Yeah. So it's not that. Is it Phillips? Evan. I don't know. I wonder if he's related to Wilson Phillips. Oh, hold on. <laughs> For one more day. For one more day. <laughs> Things Things go away. Away. <laughs> look at that god we're good if this doesn't work out oh my god singers yeah we'll just do an album if if the podcast doesn't take off i'm drinking bailey's um that amy gave me a year ago <laughs> but uh just in case everybody was wondering bailey's is still good for at least a year after you open it sitting on the counter good okay good to know No refrigeration needed yeah because as we talked about on thursday which never aired, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll do an audiogram of it or something. Um, I had a bad experience uh, last Christmas with Bailey's that my mother brought over that let's just say it wasn't fresh. <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, it wasn't in liquid form either. So it was we'll not, it. it was not, <laughs> not really, no, not really in liquid form. It, it's yeah. kind of blob, it was kind of a, a blob, which is form. a word. Yeah. Blobby. Okay. Okay. So this is season one, episode one, the first episode. However, there is another episode that you can find if you dig around online. And it is basically like the pitch episode mm-hmm. that they used to to pitch the the story to the network, mm-hmm. I think. So oh, really? um, yeah, I'll, I have a link to it somewhere. I'll find it and post a link on the socials or something. Okay, so I was going to do one of my favorite episodes first, but then I changed my mind. I chose this one because whenever I start a new show, whether it's a TV or a podcast, I always choose the first episode, as like Megan was saying, (laughs) she likes to do that too. And then next, usually I'll pick another episode Mm -hmm. further down the line and or their most current one. And so I can compare the two, see how it's grown, whatever. So that's what I did here. I, I went back and watched the first one. And after having seen, I have seen now all the way through season 13. So I have not seen all of the current season, which is 14. I've Mm -hmm. seen the first one, but I haven't seen the rest. 
that's another thing. I hope that people aren't going to be upset with us by, you know, spoiling. Spoiler. Because we are going to talk about what happened. But it's not like it follows a plot. Right. But I don't want people to be like, I haven't seen that one yet. Well, then don't listen to this yeah. episode. You know, just right. skip ahead, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, um, the episode I had originally planned to do, I'm probably going to do next time. So the title of this episode is Evil in Erieville. And it's in Erieville, New York. So it's called Erieville. Of course, it's going to be creepy. Of course. They, they're they asking for it at that they're point. really asking for it. So they show, they open with um, showing the town and like mm-hmm. Steve's driving there. Yeah. And, and they show the ring. You know, they always have to show his ring. They all, you know, I noticed that they showed it like four times uh-huh. in my episode. I'm like, we get it. He's got a ring. Move on with your life. When I was going on... Um, Twitter and following people to see if we could get some people to follow us. There is a Twitter account called Steve Deshavi's ring. (laughs) (laughs) What is the ring symbolize? Like, what is it? I think it's from, I think it's from his, um, his police work. I think it's like a, you know, like, like when you retire, you get Mm -hmm. a watch or whatever. I think he got a ring. That's my guess. I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. We'll go with that. Yeah. So he's driving up and it is very rural and it looks cold as shit. I mean, yeah. it is, you know, it's upstate New York. So Buffalo, basically you know, Canada. It's, it's, yeah, it's cold. Yeah. It's colder than it is here. Gross. Um, which is pretty cold. Fucking cold. What's fun looking back at this old episode is first of all, Amy's look. She, um, she's got short, choppy, choppy bangs. Yep. Black, straight hair. Yes that really goth look, you know, lots of eyeliner. She looks like the spooky girl at school. She's very pasty too. So that yeah, black, she's very black light. hair really accentuates. Yeah. Light uh-huh. pasty is a uh-huh. negative word. I don't mean that negatively. Uh-huh. She has very pale skin. Very pale. Yeah. 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 So. And she's adorable and it looks really yeah. cute on her. She is. Um, All of her and, looks are adorable. Yeah. I mean, she's just adorable. Um, so she explains how the episodes are going to work, that she'll visit the house and, and talks about how Matt, her then husband, um, would go through and clean out the place. And... They were married. I thought they were just together. No, they were married. Oh, Amy. Okay, they were married. Yep. Um, and so then he clears the house of anything that might distract her, not distract mm-hmm. necessarily, but give her clues as to who the people who are that live there. If there's any mm-hmm. religious something or whatever. So um, she explains how that goes, and then um, then she'll do her walk, which. Um, those of you who maybe don't watch the show, um, though I don't know why you would listen to this if you don't watch the show, but whatever, maybe you just know us and you're and in which case, thank you. Yeah. But um uh, that means that when she goes through the house and um and senses what she senses and talks to the dead people that are there. Mm-hmm. Gets the history of them. Right. And then Matt um walks around with a small video camera recording her. And then there's obviously another camera crew that is there recording stuff as well. And he asks follow-up questions to things she says, like she'll say, I can sense sadness. And he'll say something like, well, would the living be affected by that or something? Right, right, right. Yep. And I think that the reason they have Matt doing this with a smaller camera is that that footage she can look at right away. Like mm-hmm. she can look at later. And I know sometimes when she's on her walks, she's almost like in a trance, like, because she's, you know, they, they come into her body 
yeah. these spirits. She and, calls that jumping. Yeah. And sometimes they speak through her and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think this way she can like take that back to the hotel and look at it and, yep. and see stuff that she might not remember Yep, from when she did it. That's what I think. I don't know. For the reveal, she can channel that and use right. that in her yeah. information to the people of the house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then I think that a lot of um, what she says in the more current episodes, I feel like a lot of what she says in the walk is stuff that she's already experienced because she carries a notebook around in the newer episodes. Oh, and does she? she? You can tell she's reading from it into the camera. Oh, okay. And these other ones, it feels more, or- these older ones, it feels more organic. Like she's mm-hmm. experiencing right then. And, yes. And she's doing a lot of stuff with her hands and she's like, you know, like fidgeting and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the other ones, she's just kind of walking through and it seems like she's reading it from her. Book. I wonder so, if she does the walkthrough in the newer ones at a different time then. She might. She Which might. is unfortunate because that's part of the authenticity is yeah. seeing her like getting the information in the yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'd love I to know how they them. do that and why, yeah. why it seems different, but it is, mm-hmm. it does seem different to me. Um, and we'll get into that, some of that stuff later, but anyway, and then also I noted that Steve was taking notes in his little police notepad. He's so <laughs> adorable. I know. I know. He seems like such a big hard ass, but I yeah. feel, especially later, he's such a softy. He is. Like he'll give the people hugs when they're yeah. crying and yeah. like Steve. I know. I love I know. you. He's a sweetie. I was listening to a, a podcast that he and Amy were both on as guests, and he said that it's really hard for him. And this was an old, old podcast. And so it was like after only the first season, I think. And he was saying that he feels really bad when he's talking to these people and they're crying. And he goes, I always want to go give him a hug. But mm-hmm. then the producers are always telling me I can't do that. I can't I can't hug people. Fuck and the then I noticed in the later ones, he does hug people and he brings them their hanky, gives them a hanky. Yeah. I wonder if beforehand they talk to the people and are like, if you get emotional, would it be okay if he hugged you? Yeah, they should. They I don't should. know if they do, but they consent should. Consent is key, people. Consent is consent. key. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are at this farm and Steve is talking to the homeowner whose name is Elvis. <laughs> now, Elvis's look is really something. Is he, it like Elvis the singer? <laughs> well, he doesn't look like. Elvis, the singer, but he is wearing a flannel shirt with okay. a big chunky tie, like tied kind of sloppily. So the the knot is really huge, mm-hmm. but it's on the inside of his shirt, like uh, next to his bare yeah. skin. Yeah. And then the flannels over the top. Like a and long then over, sleeve flannel? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. And then over the, well, I assume so. I can't, he, over yeah. the flannel, he's wearing a leather jacket. That's uh, That's something. Yeah, it's a, it's really quite something. So he, uh, he tells Steve what he's experiencing, which is that there's something going on in the back room and in his bedroom, they both have activity. So then they go to Amy, who's on the walk. Um, They're pulling up the car and she's already feeling something. So she must have opened up earlier. You know, she Mm -hmm. says that she can open and then, and then the feelings, the spirits or whatever. Can and get she it. says in a few episodes that the dead know she's coming before she does. Yes. So maybe they reach out to her beforehand. I, I feel like, I think she has said before that they've come to her the previous yes. night in the hotel. 
I can't imagine. I can't like, imagine. I can't You're sitting imagine. in your hotel room watching freaking bar rescue and all of a sudden there's a <laughs> Victorian ghost and sitting in the chair. Hey, Amy, I hear you're coming to the house tomorrow. I got some things to tell you. <laughs> I'm Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So she's, they're pulling up in the car. She's already feeling something. Um, she sees a dead woman who died in her nightdress. She explains that dead people can show themselves however they want to be seen, not just how they actually looked. Okay. So this woman is showing herself with red hair because she always mm-hmm. wanted to have red hair. I don't really know how Amy knows that she didn't actually have red hair, but mm-hmm. somehow she knows that the red hair is a, is a projection. Yeah, that gives me a little bit of hope because if I die like naked, I don't want like, and I come back as a ghost, yeah. nobody's going to want to see me naked. So it's <laughs> nice that I can, I'll project myself to look like, you know, Heidi Klum or something. There you go. Yeah. Why not? They'll be like, wow, that ghost is beautiful. Like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, the whole episode, they flip back and forth between Amy on her walk and Steve either interviewing the homeowner or the townspeople. So Steve talking to Elvis, Elvis takes him into his bedroom. Boom, chicken, boom, boom. Boom, chicken, wow, wow. Steve's like, Elvis, we just met. It's the leather jacket with the flannel on. That's a combo you cannot say no to. Right. Maybe he's onto something. He tells about how he went to bed one night. He had had some wine. And a woman with heavy hair draped over him and draped over his chest and was looming above him while he was laying in bed, a la Ghostbusters, you know, four sure. feet above her covers. Yep. And um, and then Steve does what Steve will do in many an episode to come. He basically asks if the guy was drunk. Yeah. And sometimes he says it like, were you boozing? <laughs> uh, but this time he just said, okay. I'm going to ask the obvious questions. Did you drink enough that you think you wouldn't recall it? Or no. was it dreaming? No, not at all. Well, it's the, episode, it's the first episode. Like, we don't want to get to Steve right away. Like, we got to ease into Steve. Yeah. And, and actually, Were You Boozing was one of the names I wanted to call the podcast. But Which I don't think I anybody love. else liked it as much as I did because it didn't. I liked. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Oh, well. Uh, then they go into the dining room. This is the oldest room in the house. And. It's basically taken down to the studs. Their walls are all pulled off. And he explains Is it that, under construction? Yes. Oh, okay. Sort of. I mean, he he was taking this old... Oh, and I forgot to say, he bought this farmhouse sight unseen on the internet. Oh, God. He lives oh. in like LA or something. And he bought this farmhouse in upstate New York that without so having LA seen it. to do. Right. So and he LA. wants to turn it into a bed and breakfast. But he doesn't Those want to do that. a dozen in upstate New York. Uh, yeah. this. Probably. I don't know why he, I don't know. He must've got it for a song. Who knows? So. Um, Maybe an Elvis Presley song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Elvis is explaining how he became obsessed with taking down the walls and making a 14 foot table out of the planks. Hmm. And then as he was pulling the walls down, but after he had made the table, he found a picture inside the wall of like from the 1900s or late 1800s of this like 14 people sitting in rows, yeah, like in their Sunday dress. And yep. so he thinks that whoever was there made him build the table yes. for them. I was wondering that. I was yep. going to ask that. I'm not really sure why ghosts need a table to sit at. They got to have ghost meetings. <laughs> I don't know how they call them to order. They don't. They can't slam a gavel unless. They're no, really I mean, and, and can they sit in a chair? I mean, 
Wouldn't they just fall to the ground anyway? But then you got to think there's ghosts that you see sitting in chairs. Oh, I wonder, maybe they're powerful ghosts who have like more, en- like they have the energy to manifest themselves enough to sit down. Oh, maybe. Huh. Wait, yeah, I don't know how that works. Somebody? I don't either. I don't know how that works. Anyway, Steve explains to Elvis that he's just only dealing with the facts, just the facts, ma'am. And that Amy does the other stuff. So Steve notices this um, jar on the table uh-huh. that is, it's a like a mason jar with a dandelion sticking out, out of the lid into the okay. jar, like so upside okay. down. And it's a dandelion that's like in its late stage. With oh, the, that you can make a wish on? Yeah, yeah. The, the yep. things are going to fall off. So he explains, Elvis this is, explains that he uses it to contact whoever's there. Like he just made up this thing. I don't know how it came to him and he can't explain it either, but he decided that he's putting this dandelion into the jar and that if anything talks to him or the pieces of the dandelion fall off, it's because this thing is talking to him. That's okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then he also has these little, like little, um, like D and D dice looking things a little bigger. Yeah. And, and they have like many sides and letters mm-hmm. on the sides and he's, he's somehow using those to have the ghosts make words to him or something. And Steve is like, basically like, what are you even talking about? And he's like, so like a Ouija board. And the guy's like, uh, well, not exactly. And he's just stammers and he can't like answer a question at all. And mm-hmm. you can see that Steve is just over it. He's not. And that's when he's like, you know what? I, I don't care. I don't deal with this stuff. That's Amy's thing. She deals and eh, whatever. It was kind of funny. Steve's not taking all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he showed the dandelion jar and it's, and I, I was thinking he should sell them on Etsy. Cause they're kind of cute. <laughs> but Do you want to communicate with your own spirits? Yeah. I Elvis's dandelion jar. Yeah. It, I don't even get how that works. I don't either. Also, I, don't communicate with spirits unless you're professionally trained, because then you could open up a whole new realm of shit exactly, in your house. Exactly. Do not communicate. Do not exactly. Ouija and, boards are bad. That's right. And as yes, I'm watching this, I'm like, ooh, Amy's going to be pissed. She gets so mad at people when they do that. Well, she should. It's she you're should. tampering with shit you don't understand. Exactly. And that's how you get super bad demons and super evil spirits of malevolent spirits in your fucking house. Yeah. Because you open a portal you don't understand. Yep. PSA. Again. Again. Exactly. Don't open that shit. Yeah. So they go back to Amy and um, the lady in the house with the fake red hair hates mm-hmm. Amy, hates her with a passion. And I wonder if she just hates all women or if she specifically hates Amy. It seemed Amy saw, felt like it was her. I mean, she didn't say she hates all women, but she did say she's a psychopath. Um, <laughs> Who is it? But she's like, she hates me, like really hates me with a passion. And then um, and then she Amy gets this kind of weird voice and goes, how dare you say that? How dare you say? And I think she's I think the woman is talking. Through jumped. Her. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she says, um, like, I. I don't want to talk to you. I, why are you making us do this? And it's really creepy. Um, creepy. And I've seen her do this I, I, in the later episodes, but not as much as in this one. And I don't, or she's doing it and I can't tell the difference. I'm not sure. But Matt asks what time period. And she says 1890 to 1910. And then she creepily points up to the top of the staircase and goes, she's right there. And Matt's like, where? And she goes, 
She's on the landing. She's right there. No, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. It was creepy. Yep. Good. Nope. I'm out. Yep. Mic drop Megan out. (laughs) (laughs) So then Steve meets with a lady who lives across the street, a sweet old lady. And um, he asks her if Elvis is of sound mind. She says, yes. But Is like, that the phrase he uses? Yes. And she says, oh, yes, he's a nice guy. Um, so he asks her about people that lived there before. And she remembers a couple um, who died in the house. Uh, and they had, or the woman died in the house. Maud, Ernest and Maud Brown. Maud? Maud. Maud. Uh, Maud died in the house and they had, a funeral for her in the parlor. Why? I don't know. I guess that's what they did back then. I, I mean, guess, this would have been, she said she, it was probably around 1934. I think she said. Okay. Yeah. that. I don't know. I just, the thought of a dead body in my house just creeps me the fuck out. I know. I know. Grandma died. Let's display her in the foyer. Like so weird. <laughs> so weird. So while Amy's back, they show Amy again. She's at, pointing at the, up at the lady on the, on the staircase landing. And she says, there's a bunch of, or a few little kids that are hanging from the banister. She thinks they're brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to tell Amy about the bad things that happened to them there. And they were trying to protect Amy from the lady who Amy believes is their mother. And is that the same as the red haired lady? Yeah. Or is yeah the, that's the okay. same person. Yeah. Okay. Um, this lady did lady did not want a family and, children and she has them and she's mentally ill. And Amy says repeatedly, there's no empathy, no love here. This is why if women, I'm sorry, I'm going to get really feminist here, but if women don't want children, don't fucking have kids. It's okay. It's okay to not have children. Yes, absolutely. Don't let society dictate your life. Exactly. Thank you. Sorry. Because I don't, I just, I know. And it's totally fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. Let other people have kids. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Other people, I might, I know people who have 10 kids. They Plenty of people who you want out. children. You don't have to make them if you don't want them. No, you don't. And if you don't want them, that's a thousand percent okay. Right. Sorry. I just no. got on a little tangent. That's good. Thank the you. The Bailey's talking. Okay. So um, blah, blah, blah. Matt asks what the lady did to the kids. And Amy says, well, that's a touchy subject. And I don't know if she's saying that herself mm-hmm. or if she's if the woman is being jumped yeah mm-hmm. um she says that the woman is a psychopath and may have killed someone she hurt people around her um and then she says she thinks she poisoned people and maybe is a serial killer that's totally a woman thing to do too i is know to poison people poison. yep and then the spirit is talking through amy again and says why don't you just leave how can you say i don't care about my children how dare you and amy's doing it in this kind of weird little little tea voice like that and it's bizarre it's very creepy how can you say i don't care about my children how how dare you how dare you say that i wonder if 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 people can get possessed if they can change their voices totally i suppose they can because if a demon possesses you your voice gets really gravelly and Mm -hmm. yeah never mind although i mean i think Anybody can change their voice to be however, you know, I mean. True. Yeah, you can do that. But I think, I don't think it's actually that person's voice coming through the medium's body. Mm -hmm. I think it's still their voice, but I think they're Mm -hmm. doing it in their, yeah, in their, 
intonation or in their accent or whatever. Right. Well, it's nice to distinguish. (laughs) How considerate. Right. So meanwhile, Steve is at the county clerk's office and the woman there tells him that she's uncovered a woman who lived there. Their family name was Purdy, who poisoned her whole family. Shit. Yeah. It was about 1898 and she used a poison called Paris Green. Okay. So I looked into this and I found um, in a newspaper that was July 18th, 1898. I'll post the article in the socials, but she was 25 years old. She poisoned her four-year-old, her two-and-a-half-year-old, and her four-month-old. She also put some poison in her husband's coffee. But fortunately, oh, she poisoned herself too. But fortunately, she's the only one who died. Everybody else recovered. Good, good, good. So good, she good, did good. not kill her children. She just tried to. So Amy explains that sometimes she takes on the physical pain from these spirits. And now she's feeling intense neck and head pain and feels like her head is exploding. She's also feeling something in her throat or her chest. And this is all happening. She hasn't even made it past the foyer at this point. She's still like standing inside the door. I'm like, girl, (laughs) let's call it a night. Um, So Steve goes to talk to a toxicologist named Dr. Sawyer about the poisoning. And it's an arsenic based poison. Paris green that's used as a pesticide. It's been off the market for a long time. He says that the long-term effects of this poison can be really bad, like vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal cramps, nausea, pooling of the fluids in the neck and cerebral swelling, triggering triggering, uh, behavior, including dementia and speech impairments. They are speculating that the mother took some of this poison in the days before she poisoned the kids and her suffering from the poison made her crazy. So now we're back to Amy. Um, She's talking to a little boy and he says that he's embarrassed about what happened to him and he has a speech impediment and it's hard for him to talk. Oh, I wonder if that's also why she killed him because, you know, back in those days, speech impediments were the devil. Right, right. Well, I'm thinking also it could be that he has a speech impediment from being poisoned because that's one of the... See, look at you. At Matt says to her, where do you feel drawn to next? Where do you want to go? And she points to the door. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I'm like, same, Amy. Same. So she, <laughs> she goes outside and she said it's because that's where the kids are and where they feel happy. Uh, they hate the house. They are, when they're outside, they're away from what they call the witch, which is their mm-hmm. mom. Oh, God. Then to your point, Amy says, there's a portal out here, a portal for the dead. And she drew in the snow a circle with a little circle in the middle. And she said, someone who lived in this house recently has abilities and made things a whole lot worse by opening it up. Oh, you mean like with a fucking dandelion in a jar? I think so. I'm looking at you. Yeah. You son of a bitch. I know. So. I don't know Elvis. He's probably a really nice guy. No, he could be. But I got more about that later, too. So (laughs) now we're at the reveal. The reveal, which also is another potential name for the show but there was already a bunch of podcasts called the reveal. Uh, Amy explained that this is the first time she'll hear Steve's findings. Um, Steve introduces Amy and Elvis and she's super friendly, smiling, shaking their hands and which she doesn't like now she just sits there and. Yep. Yep. In season (laughs) 10, she did that. She was like, okay, yeah, what's up? Like not even, (laughs) but you and I have talked about this. Like, I wonder if she has to distance herself to like maintain herself because I would imagine being bombarded by 
spirits and you know entities and emotions is yeah. just exhausting she picks up stuff from living people of all the time yes so she has to close herself off from that a little Makes bit sense. yeah so um they're they're sitting at that huge table <laughs> with the, the, the one he the built jar. from the walls uh-huh. yeah. yeah the wall table the wall t- <laughs> the wall table so Elvis <laughs> describes again the woman that came into his bedroom and hung four feet above the covers with her heavy hair. They flash back to Amy talking about the woman who wanted to be a redhead. And mm-hmm. this is the sociopath who may have poisoned her husband and children. And uh, she says, she thinks that's who he saw. Steve said this gave him chills. And he talks about the pretty woman mm-hmm. who poisoned her family. Mm-hmm. And he says, Steve says the poison could have made her like this. Like she could have taken some and it made her like this. And Amy stops him and says, Nope, she was mentally ill before she took the poison. Yeah. And she does say he, uh, that she may have taken some leading up to it, like gearing mm-hmm. up for it. Some of this couple of weeks prior to doing this to the entire family, because some of the symptoms of doing this is they get a little mental. Exactly what it says right here insane mother she acted insane and that's a side effect of well, she was mentally ill before she started ingesting the poison i think that she was probably taking it to build up to what she was going to do like maybe i mean amy didn't say this but i'm thinking maybe it had to do with like she wanted to see how it was going to affect them how it's going to feel how much yeah. do i give them that yep. kind of thing trial she, and error she did fuck that up she didn't give anybody enough <laughs> except quote, her unquote. <laughs> yeah steve mentions how their head would swell and then they flash back to amy having the head and the neck pain mm-hmm. and he said that she died in the house the mother and the four-month-old did die but it was nine months later wonder if it would, could be complications from the poison it, yeah very well probably was they didn't it's really happening. say and i couldn't find i looked up the purdy family to try, try mm-hmm. and see if there was any other like indication about when this kid died. I looked into the nine months forward in, in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it was from arsenic, but Steve did say that the kids were sick for years. Wow. And Amy believes that this is the person that Elvis met. Uh, and then she mentioned the vortex. And she said it, this happened because somebody was doing ghost hunting or a seance and Steve shot a look at Elvis that was priceless <laughs> um elvis elvis, gets, <laughs> elvis we both know what she's talking we about we both know elvis. elvis gets all verklempt and stammers and then says oof and then amy looks at him and she's like oh yeah i know yeah don't <laughs> was you. do that shit right elvis so then they come back from commercial and she's explaining it they have her explaining that whole thing again about the portal and all that but it's 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 like a different take like they mm-hmm. took two takes and they actually yeah. showed them both. Yeah. Um, she explains that the vortex opened because somebody was fucking around with Ouija's or something like it. And Elvis says out there and points to the outside. And Steve explains that Elvis and his buddies had performed a ritual. And none of this stuff happened before he did that. So, yes. Oh, gee, Amy, I yeah. wonder what happens. So Amy confirms that this is what opened up the passageway. They know where you are. Anything and everything knows where you are. You're kind of like a beacon now. Shit. 
And then she says, you know, there's a responsibility when you've done this to yes. yourself and to the dead that you have to yes. set some boundaries. And he's yes. just like, oh, sure. I get it. I, I'm taking responsibility, but you can tell he's not paying attention. He doesn't no. give a shit. He's no. not listening. And she's a woman. She doesn't I know. know. And the other thing I thought was interesting about this, and probably because the guy was being such a heel about it, um, she didn't even give him any solutions. She didn't even tell him what to do. She didn't say like, I'm having a team come in and blah. Nope. She was like, Good okay. And then in the end voiceover, she's like, I guess it wasn't a voiceover. She's on camera, but she says, yeah. Elvis doesn't understand what he has done. He doesn't understand what is about to happen and things are only going to get worse. And that's what I'm going to hear from him when things get worse. Yeah. And then the end screen comes up and it says, Elvis continues to be visited by the female apparition. The portal remains open. That's it. End scene. Yeah. Things going to happen until you close the portal. I can't believe he called them out there and then was just like totally. Oh, yeah. By the way, I created this and I opened a portal, but I don't know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to do anything to fix it. And I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and there was no sketch in this episode. Oh, I got sketches. Yeah. I looked up, I looked up Ben Breakfast in, in Erieville and I found it. I found it. Yep. It's, it says it's pet friendly. It says they love dogs and it's pet friendly. I'm like, cool. Then it says, however, dogs are not allowed in common areas, must not be left alone in their rooms, must not bark or get on the furniture. I'm like, do you know dogs? Then, yeah. Have you ever seen a dog? I would not bring a dog there then because no. they're going to sense it yeah, and they're going to sense things that are there and they're going to bark because you know, that damn portal still open. Oh, it is. Of course. Cause he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Right. Okay. Wow. All I right. Wonder, so, and you know, I tried to find um, a, like a follow-up to my episode, like, and I couldn't find anything. All I could find were like the notes on the show. we want to welcome our new sponsor, Gobble. As you know, life can get pretty hectic. Between work, errands, and family time, who always has the energy to plan, shop for, and cook delicious meals every night? That's where Gobble comes in. It's a meal kit service that takes the stress and guesswork out of dinner. I used to dread the what's for dinner question every night. Gobble has been a game changer. They deliver fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your door. Exactly. No more last-minute grocery runs or scrambling for inspiration. Plus, the recipes are incredibly diverse. From healthy options to comfort food classics, there's something for everyone. And let's not forget that cooking together can be a fun family activity. Gobble's recipes are simple enough to involve everyone in the kitchen, even the little ones. So if you're looking for a way to make delicious, stress-free meals that the whole family will love, head over to the link in the show notes or on our website to get your first six meals for $36. Gobble. Make dinner amazing. We want to give a shout out to our newest affiliate partner, Just Brands. This is the company that makes the CBD and THC gummies that I have been talking about. I have purchased both the Delta 8 and the Delta 10 versions, and they're really nice. They're actually really tasty too, but I wouldn't recommend just eating a ton of them at once. I did buy them to help me sleep. And well, let's just say that one night I took one and when I went to bed, I felt myself melting into my bed. It was lovely. 
For a limited time, you can get 20% off these treats when you go to justcbdstore.com or just follow the link in the show notes and then use our promo code ACTIVITY24. This offer is good until March 27th, so get your gummies now. So I did episode season 10, episode 11, and it was called Tell Death, and it tells the story of Shannon and Keith. And so Shannon and Keith have been married and they live in this house. They've lived in a house for eight years. And so the initial interview with Steve, um, Shannon and Steve are sitting down and it's just Shannon and Steve. It's not um, Keith or anybody else sitting with them. And so Steve's, you know, does his initial, you call this out here, like what's going on. You sounded and, really upset on the phone. Did he say Oh that? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so she thinks something has a hold of her husband and she's afraid to live with him. She's afraid of him. Um, she's worried he'll do something to her based on his actions, which I get into a little bit later. And so Steve is like, well, how long have you guys lived here? And she said, they've lived here. They've lived in the house eight years and the activity has gone on the entire time. But she says within the last six months, it's gotten intolerable. So if something like, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I don't know if I'd stay in a place if the activity was really, well, I guess I did when my old apartment, but so cut that out. Uh, so Keith has no, changed. That's that's valid. That I mean that you always think get the fuck out. But yeah, what if you can't afford it? It's like an abusive relationship. Yeah. You're all from the outside. You're like, why didn't you just fucking leave? And then yeah. you get in one, and you're like, well, it's not easy to leave. It's not easy. So Steve is kind of you know meeting with Shannon, and then they do their walk through, and so they start in the living room, and so Shannon and Steve are, are talking and. You know, she, Steve's like, so what's going on in here? And and she says, you see faces by the kitchen door. You'll just see, yeah, um, like an old woman's face. Um, she hears footsteps on the stairs going up and down. And, you know, Steve is like, well, couldn't it be your husband? Like, couldn't it be the animals? Like, he's, you know, trying to logically find a As reason. She's does, like, no, yeah. I'm home alone and the animals are outside. Like, there's no reason for these footsteps. And she said she got pushed down the stairs, like pushed and so Steve is like, well, tell me what kind of a push it is. And so he turns around and full disclosure, I would have used this to touch his butt, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> and so and then she, she would say, did it touch you in the butt? And, and I would say, yes, no. Steve. And then I would say, you know what? It also spooned me a little bit. So <laughs> do you want me Steve, to show you how that was? Do you want me to? No, you should here. You be the big spoon and I'll be the little spoon. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> So, um, so she pushes him, like puts her hand on the small of his back and like a pretty serious push. And so Uh she says, you know, to this day, when I go down the stairs, I hold on to the hand to the railing and, you know, which I'm sorry, but normally when I go downstairs, I always hold on to the railing. So I don't know why, who's walking downstairs willy nilly. I will fall down the damn stairs. I need the railing to ground me. Did Steve say? You you could have been killed. No, he oh, did he not. Almost say always could. says that when people get pushed down yeah. the stairs. You know you could have goes, been killed. Oh, so a pretty a pretty significant push. She was like, "Yeah, yes, yeah, Steve, that's what I'm saying." So then she also sees a little girl on the landing. She says this little girl is about six to eight years old. She has long brown hair. She giggles and she hums. To which I say, "No, um, children, ghosts are the worst." I'm gonna pass. 
<laughs> so then they moved to the master bedroom. And so Shannon at the start of the episode says that it's taken us, this is taking a serious toll on her marriage. And I think that they called Steve and Amy and essentially to save their marriage. She said they don't sleep together. They don't eat together. Keith is completely different person. And so she sleeps in the master bedroom. And so he doesn't sleep in there. And so the closet door opens and closes by itself. She says it mostly closes and a crack mysteriously appeared in the door. And so Steve is like, well, you know, you said Keith has changed. Could his rage have done that? Okay, Steve, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> his rage. Um, and she said, no, I don't believe it. To which I'm like, okay, but like you're saying how he's changed. So I call bullshit on that because if he's changed the way he says he's changed, he, the way you say he's changed, like Shannon says it, I feel like he could have done that. So I don't, that could, that could be a non-paranormal thing. Yeah. Um, The creepiest thing is she wakes up to Keith, like she'll wake up to him standing over her bed, just looking at her. Oh God. And Steve goes, that's freaking creepy. I'm like, state the obvious, Steve. And Shannon's <laughs> like, obvious. yeah, it is creepy. Yeah. I'm like, well, we can and check Keith that out. And Keith is not around while they're having no. this conversation. Okay. Keith is not around. He's off doing Keith things. Um, <laughs> He's making cracks in doors. and Yeah, making cracks in doors and fucking, you know, pushing her down the stairs. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't push anybody down the stairs. Um, so then uh, she woke up one night to go to the bathroom and Keith was blocking the door wouldn't let her go. Um, and he doesn't remember this. He doesn't remember blocking her at all. She says he'll yell at her. She, he doesn't remember that. So then we changed to Keith and Steve in the garage, which is Keith's workplace and Steve and, and they're talking. And so Steve is like, you know, Shannon's really afraid of you, like rub salt in his wound, Steve. And Keith agrees he's changed. And Steve asks his, well, are you doing any drugs? Are you on any medication? Are you boozing? Keith goes, ibuprofen is the only thing I take. Uh, Keith will hear banging, um, what sounds like a shelf of tools falling. He'll see a black mist, like very thick, he said. You can't see through it. And Steve is like, well, you've got this fireplace. Could it be smoke? And Keith goes, I see it in the summer and the winter, so it's not smoke. And so um, he'll say stuff goes missing from the garage. Like he'll go into the, he'll be working on a car. I guess he's a mechanic. Um, and he'll go into the house and the next day he'll come out and nuts are missing bolts, car parts, tools. And Steve is like, well, could Shannon be playing a trick on you? And Steve is like, no, I've asked her. And it's like, okay, but again, like people lie, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to be skeptic, but you know, I'm not a skeptic. So then they, (laughs) they go in the basement with Keith and Steve. First of all, nothing good ever happens in a basement. That's right. Didn't you watch the Blair Witch Project? Also, I just found out that's not a true story. Like two years ago, (laughs) I legit thought it was a doc, like Uh, real. Yeah. It's it's a lot of people did. They did a really good job of marketing that one. Yeah. It's not real. So if you thought that too, we are not alone. Let's form a group. (laughs) So Keith will hear growling. um, And and Steve is like, well, could it be the dogs? And he said, no, it's not animal and it's not human. Um, in the reveal, um, he says, it sounds like if you cross a bear with a cougar. And I'm like, how the fuck do you get that? Like, that is, a, that's interesting. So a booger. Um, they go, yeah, they go into Keith's bedroom. Um, and this is really fucking creepy. Keith, um, this, so Keith 
was trying to get out of bed to go to the bathroom and he was physically attacked. He was pushed down by something and like was fighting something, but he couldn't like get his hand free. He was just being held down and like strangled. And so finally he was able to break free and fight it off with his hand. And he said he saw being with long stringy hair, but no face. Then here's where it gets real fucking creepy. He woke up being dragged out of bed down the stairs and said he was thrown into the living room. Jeez. Goodbye. Move out. Why are we still in this house? (laughs) So he said he has severe mood swings. He'll say, you know, severe anger, depression. He said it's really tough to to fight out of those once he gets them. So now we're going to go back to Amy and her walkthrough. And so she gets there and she says she immediately sees a girl with a bashed in face while coming onto the property and she said she hears a man say quote these are my killing fields so then she goes in the kitchen and she said this is a really bad area and she says she sees an old lady who died of most likely a heart attack but she says it in a really weird accent most likely a heart attack like i don't know where this came from um and she said she has esophagus issues and so she said the living might be sad um, they might feel some, have some issues with their throats, kind of experiencing what she experienced as she was dying. So then huh. she goes into the attic and she says there are two sisters that live up there and they fight a lot. Um, and so the living might hear yelling, they might hear arguing, laughing, crying, um, just a lot of ruckus, if you have in the, in the in the attic. Yeah, that's a word that doesn't get used enough. So then they go into the master bedroom. And again, this is the bedroom that Shannon's in. And so um, Amy said, one of the sisters likes to hang out in the closet. She said she'll peel the wallpaper. The living would hear scratching in the closet. They would hear giggles. She said she feels safe in the closet. And so she'll close and open the door to the closet. Um, And it's just so crazy. Like, you know, they, as you said, neither one of them are talking to each other. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Amy has no idea that Shannon is hearing this. So then she gets to the garage and she, there's a main entity um, that she's very worried about. He's a trickster. And so he loves causing nightmares. And so a person would dream they're hurting somebody they love. They would um, instill paranoia and distrust in people. So essentially try to break up relationships. Mm. Um, So, you know, and Shannon and Keith are talking, you know, Shannon saying like, I don't know him anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, their marriage is on the rocks. And so um, the person in the master bedroom would also feel strangled. They would feel smothered. They would hold, they would be held down. Um, The trickster guy loves to move things. He loves to make things go missing so they're in the garage. So he would make the nuts mm-hmm. and bolts go missing, yep. car parts, move it along. He would cause banging. Um, living would see a black streak or a black mass. And remember, Keith said he saw that black mass. Uh-huh. So that's the trickster. Uh-huh. Um, he can also growl. Um, and so that's the bear slash cougar. Bear, very specific bear slash cougar. Um, so he can also um, influence the mentally ill who are living, which at at this rate, all of us have some sort of mental of course. thing going on with us, you know. And so the person in Keith's room would be held down and that would be the one. She said that's the person who's being influenced is the person in Keith's room. 
And so the trickster said he can make people kill themselves or kill others. Oh, jeez. Now, interesting, when we go on Steve's investigation, he meets with a genealogist, Phyllis Erickson. And so she gives him the history of the property. And so the original owner was somebody called John Schock. He bought it in 1869 um, and he married um, a woman named Susan and they had six kids. So here's where we get um, trigger warning of child death. So in 1878, their middle daughter, Sarah, she got scarlet fever at two years old and she died very quickly in two days, two days after she got scarlet fever, she passed away. Then four days later, her older brother, who was four, also died of scarlet fever. So within a week, John and Susan lost two of their, their children. Jesus, so then, can you imagine? No, I fucking can't. I can't. I don't even like to imagine it. So then they moved. They're like, let's get a new start. Mm-hmm. Then they lost two more children after they moved. In 1883, um, their six-year-old daughter, Ida May, died mysteriously. Phyllis was like, you know, death records back then are super sketch. Yeah. Like, we don't know what she died of. And so they don't know, but she died at, at six. And then in 1889, nine-month-old baby George died of diphtheria. And so within 12 years, they lost four of their four. six children. Jeez. So then we go on to the historian interview. And so we talked to Lauren Rydzel, um, and she talks about the history of the house. So, so um, Phyllis talked about the people. Now Lauren's talking about the house. Okay. She said it was owned by two undertakers, um, which great. Um, the first was Thomas Houston. He bought it in 1906. He had his funeral home in downtown Wymore. I think the name of the city is. It's in Nebraska. Um Sorry, I didn't say that. This takes place in Nebraska. Um, And so it was in downtown, but then a fire in 1914 destroyed the business. Thank God nobody was killed in the fire, but he did have to move the funeral home to his house. And then in 1917, Thomas sold it to Ed Miller, who was a mortician and also made furniture. And so he operated both out of his house. Um, So... Um, we're going to talk about a fairly gruesome murder here. Um, so also trigger warning for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Steve talked to a retired cop named Rick Carmichael, and there was a man named, um, David Jones, who was a successful farmer. He was 71 years old and rumors floated around the town that he had a lot of cash on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, uh, March 18th of 1897, two men broke into his home and they tortured him trying to get him to tell them about where the money was. So first they wrapped um, rags around his feet and they set those on fire. Oh, Jesus. Um, and then they wrapped rags on his stomach and they set those on fire. Oh my God. And then they wrapped rags around his head and guess what they did? Oh. They set those on fire. Oh my and God. And throughout all that, he didn't tell them where the money was either because he didn't have any which is most likely my guess because I'm yeah. sorry, if someone's setting me on fire, I'm going to fucking tell Take them. Take my like, fucking money. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, with Amy, when she was going back and so she saw the two sisters again, one of them got sick and died. Um, and she didn't know. She doesn't know how. She just knew that that she died and she got the name Sue associated with the sisters. And then in the trickster, she said he was maybe lived around 1860 to 1880s and he liked to set things on fire. 
Oh. And he can influence people who are alive to kill somebody with fire. And she thinks that he's done that. Oh. Um, and so she also said she saw 12 coffins in the house, but they were above ground. They weren't buried. And so she thinks that they represent the deaths associated with the property. Oh, well, having to do with the undertaker? She doesn't know. She oh. just said, you know, during her walkthrough, she was like, I see 12 coffins. Okay. So then we're in the reveal. Um, And so Amy said, you know, I saw 12 coffins. And that's where Steve told the story about the mortuary and um, saw and, and, you know, told them about the fire and told them about um, moving into their house. And then Amy said she had uh, there are two sisters there who are active. And she said one sister looks really bad. She's got one of her eyes is like drooping. She doesn't have any lips on one side of her face. This is in the sketch. Um, which I sent you. Oh, so she yeah. got sick and, and she died. And so she associates um, the word Sue or the name Sue with her. And so that could, you know, that's, that could be one of the two girls who died and their mother was Sue. And so Amy says in the attic, um, the sisters are up there. They're yelling. The living would hear stomping, fighting. One of them likes the bedroom in the closet. And so Shannon, that's where Shannon says the closet opens and closes. Um, And she said the trickster lived there before there were houses. So this trickster has been on there a long time and she thinks he was a psychopath when he was alive. So Amy does have advice for them. So she says, you will need to hire a medium and you'll need to hire sensitives. And so half the team will work on removing the male trickster. And the other half will work on the living, removing anything attached to them, mostly Keith, because he's the one who's really got the the thing attached to it. Mediums, she said they can assist the dead, help them to move on. So any spirits that have been trapped there or are there, you know, the two little girls and anybody else that's just not making themselves known. Mm -hmm. She said during that time, they cannot both stay there at the same time. Because she says that trickster is going to still try to influence you. And she said, you need to, you know, one of you can't be here in case something happens. And so Shannon's like, I'm going to leave. Shannon was staying for Keith, but I mean, barely, you know, she said, Shannon said she came into the reveal not willing to work on the marriage at Mm -hmm. all. Like Mm -hmm. she was ready to be like, I'm done. And that's one thing during the, the initial interview with Steve, when she's talking about it. Steve is like, well, this just sounds like husband and wife stuff. Mm-hmm. Like marriage is hard. And Shannon goes, well, my marriage wasn't. To which I say bullshit. <laughs> so she said, you need to hire a psychotherapist to fix the marriage. She said, because even though you've said and done things to hurt the other pe- person under the influence of that trickster, that leaves lasting damage. Yeah, you so still said it. You still said it and those feelings that they felt are real, regardless of where they came from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she said, you know, if you do this, you can fix this. You can save your marriage and you can save this house. And so when it did the Mm follow-up, it said Shannon is not staying there. Um, they, They are both, you know, they're looking for mediums and sensitives to come. And they're looking for a psychotherapist. Um, They haven't found them yet. And so the activity continues. Continues. So they they hadn't done anything yet. They hadn't been able to find anything. And I looked for any kind of follow-up and I was unable to find anything. I know. I really want to see follow-ups of these people. Like years later, I'm talking. Like I want to see 
especially the people like, well, we know what's going on with this Elvis and his B and B. Yeah. But dogs are welcome. They just can't do anything. <laughs> but they can't bark or get on furniture <laughs> or can't, fucking exist. They can't do anything but sleep. Yeah. Um but I mean I could reach out to him <laughs> and say, Hey, do you still have hey, that portal in your backyard? What's uh, what's going on with that? They're gonna come in portal. and staying there, but um, do you still have that portal in the backyard? Because that's gonna be a deal breaker for me. So can I bring my own dandelion portal or do <laughs> I need to use yours? <laughs> I have a dandelion jar. Can I bring that? Is it oh, like that reminds fun? me one of the rooms in mm-hmm. the B and B is called the dandelion room. <laughs> I would not be staying there. It's BYOP. Bring your own portal. But yeah, I I would love a coffee table book of all of the sketches. Yes, because some of those are amazing. The one the my the little girl sketch for me yeah. was creepy AF. Really creepy. Yep. Yep. And imagine Amy sees this. I know. Can you fucking imagine? No. I would be literally traumatized. Yeah. She's got to go to see somebody. Like, oh, I'm she sure she has a therapist. Her. I hope she does. I hope. For I'm her, sure she does. She does. I can't remember what episode it was. Something I watched recently, but I've been bopping back and forth between old and new. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it was an old or a new one. Um, but it was where she encountered some shadow people mm-hmm. at someone's house. And she got really like visibly shaken. She was upset. Mm-hmm. She was shaking. And and um, she explained about her very first experience. Have you heard yeah. her talk about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that these shadow people played with her when she was little. I don't know how old she was. I want to say like four mm-hmm. or something. And they came to her, these, well, they were ghosties, whatever, came to her mm-hmm. as playmates and they were really mm-hmm. nice to her and then told her that she could come stay with them if she bit her electrical cord. Yep. Yep. And she did. And she was electrocuted, obviously didn't die. So that's why. That's why children go scare me because uh-huh. a lot of times demons pretend to be children. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, nope. Yep. I will say when he was a baby, I think he saw people. Really? Because I would be holding him and he would just be, you know, chilling, doing his baby thing. And he'd look in the corner of our room. It was always in the, the upper corner. Isn't and that where they're always in the upper corner? And he would always smile, smile like he was seeing someone. <sighs> he still does it occasionally. Well, he'll be playing and he'll stop and he'll look up and he'll smile like he sees someone. So I like to think it's like my, so my mom's mom passed away two months before she got married in 1973. And then her dad passed away in like 2000. And then my dad's dad passed away in 91. And then my dad's mom passed away in 2010. And so I like to think it's those people visiting. Sure. Could be. But yeah, he sees them. Babies, I don't care what you say, babies, animals, they can sense. Oh, yeah. And they see them because they haven't been told. Whenever I think there's something in the house and I get nervous, I look at the dogs. Yes. And if they're not freaked out, then I think it's okay. Because if it was, even if it was a human that had broken into the house, the dogs would be losing their shit. 100%. And so I think if they're okay, then it's probably just my imagination. Yeah, when I lived in the Middle East, the place that I lived in had so much activity and it would, I'd always, I mean, my cat, I had two cats. I had Milo and Elliot and they would always wake from a dead sleep and they'd always look at the same place every time. 
It was really creepy. We should probably wrap it up. But, we should. Um, so listeners, if you have any creepy stories that you would like to share, uh, our website now is up and running. I couldn't set it up until I had an episode released, but since we released the trailer, we now have a website. The link will be in the show notes and you can, um, you can actually go to the website and leave a message. There's a little microphone in the lower right-hand corner. You can either leave a voice message or you can type out a message mm-hmm. to us, or you can email at the activity continues at gmail.com and leave a message with your story. If you want, we can play. If you leave a message, like a voice message, we can play mm-hmm. that. If you write it up, we can read it and we'd love to um, share some stories. So yeah. Yeah. And if touch. you leave a voice message and don't want us to play it, we don't have to, we can just read it on yeah. our own. Just let us know that you don't yeah. want it played and we can alter your voice too. I, I'm not yeah. real good at that. I can do some things, but I don't have a lot of, like, I can't make it sound like you're on Dateline. You know, I can't do that kind of voice, but, um, but we I should can. try to do a Keith Morrison voice. Yeah. <laughs> the activity continued. I wish I knew somebody who knew Keith Morrison. I could right? ask him to just, just read that. And then we'll use that. Wouldn't that the be dream, amazing? Right. The <gasps> dream. Amazing. Keith. Keith Morrison. If you hear this, please contact us at theactivitycontinues.com. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We hope you like it. Yeah. Um, and we love making it. So even yeah. if you don't like it, oh, I just died. What? What happened? Hi friends, Amy here. I just wanted to clarify what happened there at the end. Megan did not, in fact, die, even though those were her last words, so to speak. Her laptop battery did. She is alive and well and will be joining us for the next episode when she will cover the episode called The Cult, Season 10, Episode 7. I will be covering Innocent Blood, which is Season 6, Episode 12, if you're watching on Hulu, Episode 13, if you're watching on Discovery+. Plus. Yes, they're off by one number for this season, and we'll talk more about that next time. Thank you for joining us. I produce The Activity Continues, and it is part of the Independent Collected Sounds Podcast Network. We hope you join us next time. Nailed it.